Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. To those who visit Mickey D's for their favorite breakfast item and then go somewhere else for coffee, give this Mickey D's brew a second chance. The glow up was real. Try any size iced coffee brewed with 100% Arabica beans for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with a savory sausage McMuffin with egg for $2.79. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the People's Bishop and Pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 877-552-4746. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now here's today's life-giving message. Lift your Bibles high. Let's make our confession of faith together. Everybody, let's say it together. For God's glory, this is my best year yet. To the word I'm about to hear, I believe, I obey, I manifest, and that settles it in Jesus' name. Amen. So, God, we say, have your way. Move by your spirit, Lord. We let you know we are open and we are ready. Come on. I need you to type it in the comments. I'm open and I'm ready. I'm open and I'm ready. Say it again. I'm open and I'm ready. Come on. Can you just release worship for five seconds right there? Hallelujah. Five, four, three, two. I just want to bless you with those. Take what you need. I just want to bless you with those. I heard you need three. I want to bless you with three. I want to bless you with three. Come on, even though it's an online only Sunday, I just want to bless you with three. Amen. Come on. Just like that, unexpected is about to hit your house. Come on. Come on, online only. Come on and say, unexpected is about to hit my house. Say, I'll be called into a room and be given what I wanted to pay for. It'll be sold into me. Hallelujah. <laughs> Come on, you all. You ready for the word? I said, are you ready for the word? So this series, this series, you can be seated at home. This series that we're in is called Let's Be Kids Again. And why are we in this series? Because in Mark chapter 10, verse 15, it says this. Anyone who does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. And what I've been teaching you, the kingdom belongs to those who act like kids again. Say it with me. The kingdom belongs to those who act like kids again. One more time. The kingdom belongs to those that act like kids again and in Luke 17, 21, we discovered that the kingdom is in you. So literally, hear me, the kingdom manifests from in you to change what's around you. Change is an inside-out job, not an outside-in job. Stop waiting on something around you to change before you decide to change. Stop waiting on a circumstance or a situation to change before you decide to change. In fact, anything that changes around you, it's going to start in you. Come on, somebody say, it starts in me. It starts 
in me. And I showed you in David versus Goliath that if we act like kids again, we manifest the kingdom. You should know the three components of the kingdom like the back of your hand by now. Number one, it's when heaven's attributes invade your life. Watch me. I'm not trying to die to go to heaven. I'm living well to bring heaven's attributes down here. I need you to get excited about your life. Why? Because God says, I want to show heaven through you instead of you struggling through earth and it being pure de hell. I want somebody to see what heaven on earth looks like. I need you to open up your mouth, say, heaven invade my life. Invade. Let all of your attributes, righteousness, peace, and joy invade my life. Number two. It is God's M.O. That stands for modus operandi. It is how God does things. And I taught you that God always requires you to release something before you can receive something. God takes what you release and he then brings increase. And this is bigger than money. Whatever you want, you have to give it first. If you want love, you have to give it first. Uh-oh. This is why some of you, the enemy tries to have you in jacked up friendships and jacked up relationships and jacked up partnerships so that now you say, I'm not releasing anymore. But if you don't release anymore, you're, never, you're not going to be able to receive anything. I need you to pray this prayer. Say, Lord, restore my release. Come on. I need you to say that thing with authority. Type that thing in the comments. Say, Lord, restore my release. I, I will not hold back. I will not hold back, but I will release. Why? I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Every time I release, God's going to make sure that I receive. Number three, number three, let's go. Number three, number three. It is becoming who God said you are and possessing what God said you can. And I taught you how literally David manifested the kingdom. So watch me, watch me online only someday. Let's be kids again. This is very different than being childish. See, when you're childlike, this means that you can take anything and make it into something amazing. How many of you, when you're a kid, all you needed, watch me, all you needed was to be in the room, and you would find something to have fun with in the room? I don't know about you. Watch me. You can put me in a room with a phone and a desk, and I'd be sitting at the desk pretending like I was answering the phone. Y'all, some of y'all, y'all remember the rotary phones? Watch me. All I needed was one rotary phone, and I could take that phone and have me a whole good time like I was sitting up talking to somebody. If all you had was one stuffed animal, you were sitting up having parties with your stuffed animal, talking to animals like they were talking back to you. See, some of you, God says, stop complaining about what you got and being childish and start celebrating what you got and be childish like so i gave you all of these different components about being kids again number one kids are fearless until taught to fear fear is a spirit and the bible says god has not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a what a sound mind now watch me fear is a spirit which means it's caught and it's taught. Some of you, you were taught to fear things. And some of you, you were around fearful people and that spirit jumped on you. I need you to lay your hands on yourself and say, I release and renounce fear. I release, I release and I renounce fear. I release and I renounce fear. I release and I renounce fear. Somebody say, I won't be scared. Uh-uh. I need you to have such a, such a faith in you that even if you jump and you don't know what's going to catch you, you know that because you're a kid again, your daddy got you. And even if you take bold steps of faith and you're like, I don't know what's going to happen after this step, you know that he that has begun a good work in you shall complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. Say, I will not be fearless. Number two, kids are ridiculous until taught to be too reasonable. Uh, most kids will ask their parents for things that are totally and utterly ridiculous. 
They will ask you to be a lawyer and they can't spell. They will talk about how they're about to be, uh, how they're about to have tons of money and they ain't even got a piggy bank yet. See, your faith needs to be so ridiculous that even when you say it, you think to yourself, that's ridiculous. Can I help some of you all? You're not even in faith yet. You're in fact still. How do you know? Because the only things you confess are things you can do. But faith sounds so ridiculous. Here is David. I'm about to kill this giant. How are you going to kill him? God's going to give me the victory. Then I'm going to cut his head off. You sound like a kid. And that's exactly why he took Goliath down. Because God needs us to be kids again. Somebody say, I will be ridiculous. You can't be too reasonable. The next thing that kids are, you ready? Number three, kids are adventurous until taught to play it too safe. Often, um, most of us, look at me, have become control freaks. Most people are control freaks. You want everything to go your way, and when it doesn't, watch me, you're not adventurous, you're angry. You, you want everything to happen the way you want it to happen, and when it doesn't, you become angry. And pay close attention, you have to learn how to have an adventure, which means even if something goes wrong, instead of saying, I'm so mad, you need to say, uh-uh, this is about to be an adventure. Hear me, church. I'm so excited about this time in the life of our church because here it is. While we're in the process of getting ready to begin launching a new location, while we're in the process of transitioning a, an existing location, plus our online family, I'm so excited about it because it's an adventure. Which means, God, I don't have to be in control of all the pieces because I know that you got all the pieces under control. I wish I had somebody on this online Sunday that would just say, I'll make it an adventure. I'll make Give me some crates and I'll put some fake wheels on them and I'll say I got a choo-choo train. Choo-choo, I got a choo-choo train. Next, kids are inquisitive until they're taught to be too quiet. And for many, watch me, your sense of inquisitiveness has been, watch me, it's been shut down. Because you were taught you talk too much. And maybe that was true. But there has to be a level of inquisitiveness that you have that makes you say, well, I wonder what else is possible. David, watch me. It was his inquisitive nature that made him say to Saul, the king, I can't wear your armor. Wait a minute. Who told you you could even say something like that? See, when you're a kid again, you're not afraid of asking the question that you think may be shut down. I need some of y'all to learn how to ask even if you fear that it might be shut down. I need you to be willing to open up your mouth and say, well, this is what I want, and I'm going to ask for what I want. And even if it gets shut down, I bet you I'm going to keep asking for what I want. What if God, this is why the Bible says, knock and keep on knocking. Seek and keep on seeking. Ask and keep on asking. Where did you lose your ask at? Now, I didn't say something else. I said, where did you lose your ask? Ask, ask. Come on, open your mouth. Say, Lord, restore my ask. A-S-K. Put that in the comments. Now, get it right now. Don't be cussing in the comments. Listen, let's go. It'd be a Deuteronomy 22.10, all right? Uh, Lord, restore my ask. A-S-K. Number five, kids are fight for others until they're taught to be selfish. And we saw when David was fighting the battle with Goliath, David literally says, the Lord will give you to us he did not make it selfish. And what I've discovered is that kids aren't naturally selfish. Kids are taught to be selfish after disappointing experiences with people. And for some of you, watch me, you have got this me, myself, and I mentality, and which is why God can't trust you with anything great because you'll only fight for you. He needs to know that you'll be willing to fight for somebody else. 
On this online-only Sunday, I just need to know if there's some people that say, I won't just fight for me. I'll fight for my pastor who's been fighting for me. I'll fight for my church that's been fighting for me. I'll fight for the people that are watching with me right now. Come on, open your mouth and shout, I'll fight, I'll fight. Number six, kids are creative until taught to be like everyone else. Kids will come up with some creative stuff. Kids will come up with some creative stuff. Kids will literally, watch me, um, how many of y'all ever played house and all you had to play house was with some pillows, boxes, and sheets? Listen. And you had a whole house. You made a whole situation. And if you were like me, it was a running thing. So, like, we started at one point, and then it'd be a running thing to, like, week after week after week, we pick up from where we left off. Right? Watch me. Kids are creative. This is not a doggone pony. This is a pony. This is the pony head on a stick. But a kid will be creative and talking about, listen, I got a whole farm full of animals. God needs you to take what you have and get creative with it. David had to take, watch me, he had to take his shepherd's bag. And he had to take five stones, but he got creative with them. I need you to pray this and type this in the comments. Say, Lord, restore my creativity. Uh-uh. I need you to say that thing. Like, watch me. Like, you're going to go home and look at what you have different. Like, you're going to look at your bank account and look at it different. Like, you're going to look at the people around you and look at it different. What if you had limitation because that needed to create innovation? What if you didn't have what you thought you needed so that you'd work what you had like it's all you have and you turn it into something creative? Look at number seven. Look at number seven. Kids, ask for what they want. This is where we were uh, uh, on last Sunday. Kids ask for what they want until they're taught to ask like there's limited supply. Kids ask for what they want until they're taught to ask like there's limited to supply. And I showed you how David, he literally asked God, he says, today the Lord is going to conquer you. I'm going to cut your head off. I'm going to feed you and your men's bodies um, to uh, the birds of the air. And that's how this is going down today. David asked like there was no limit to the supply of his father. And many of us, we say he's supernatural. We say we believe. I have a question. Do you believe God or do you just believe in God? Do you believe God or do you just believe in God? See, the Bible says even the demons believe in God. Watch me. Even evil believes in God. But you got to be the type of person that believes God, which means, watch me, he's got all supply and his supply is unlimited. So when I pray, I do not pray based on what I can do. I pray based on a God that can do anything. I need you to make this declaration and say there is no limit. There is no limit. There. You, baby, you got you a black card when it comes to God. Ain't no limit on that joker. Ain't no limit on that joker. Ain't no limit on that joker. What if the rest of this year, it was going to be your limitless months? In the rest of August, September, October, November, and December are going to be your limitless months. If you big and bold enough to ask for it, I believe God is big enough to make it happen. Come on, somebody say, it's getting ready to happen. Come on, say it again, it's getting ready to happen. Now, I showed you this. I showed you this in midweek. I showed you this in midweek. Number eight, kids believe that anything is possible because they haven't been faded by failures. I'll say that one again. Kids believe that anything is possible because they haven't been faded by failures. Now, now look at this. David does all of those things and sees that anything is possible. That's where we were midweek. And in 1 Samuel 17 and 50, the Bible says David triumphed. And remember, in this story, you are David. So say your name. 
Just type your initials in the comments. Triumph with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. Which means if I don't have it, I don't need it. Which means if I don't have it, I don't need it. I'm going to wait until you catch this thing. If you do not have it, you do not need it. Stop. Watch me. Some of you are waiting to release the stone you do have because you're waiting on a sword you don't need. You're waiting to get something instead of working what you got. But I just wish you'd get, watch me, just a quarter of a teaspoon of hood in you and just say, I got everything I need. I got it. What? I am shalom. Nothing is missing and nothing is broken and nothing is lacking and all is well with only a sling. Look at what's underlined. Only. Say only. Only implies restriction. And it is your restriction that God wants to see how you release. It's in your moments of restriction that God wants to see how you release. It's when you stressed out, God says, I want to see if you're going to be faithful. It's when you feel like giving up, God says, I want to see if you're going to press through. It's when you're like, God, I didn't sold a lot. He's like, yep, but I want some more. Because the harvest that I want to give you is way bigger than the seed that you've sown and way bigger than the seed that you've released. Only with a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. Verse 51, David used it. Now, after David takes Goliath down, the Bible says that David takes Goliath's sword. Now, you know David is a G. And I need you to know, watch me, who's, who's David in the story? You are. See, God says, I need you to get an authority about you. To where you will take what was literally used against you, and you will use it against who used it against you. David walks up on Goliath, snatches his sword out of its sheath, and then he takes it and chops Goliath's head off. The Bible says that Goliath was face down, which means you ain't going to see me coming. Oh, my God. I need some of y'all to hear me. Watch me. They thought you were weak. They ain't about to see you coming. They thought that it was over for you. They're not going to see you coming. They thought that you were going to give up. They're not going to see you coming. They thought you were going to get fired. They ain't going to see you about to run the department. They're not going to see you coming. David used what was used against him to kill him and to cut his head off. You got to use gossip and you got to use it for your good. Every time you hear people talking about you, you need to say, well, now I know where I'm anointed at. Every time you hear people running their mouth about you, say, well, now I know that I'm important. Every time you hear people coming against you, you need to say, well, you wouldn't be coming against me unless there's something that I have that the world needs. Mm. I need you to take what they use against you. They say, you too black. Baby, you better say the black of the berry, the sweet... Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. They say, you too light-skinned. What you don't know is light-skinned always been in. Y'all ain't say, whatever they use against you, you use it against them. Well, you're a woman. Guess what? And God used a woman to save Israel. They say, well, you a man. Baby, whatever it is, I'm going to take what you meant for evil and turn that thing. I dare you at your house to just pop up one time and turn yourself around. I'm about to turn it around for good. Work that thing. Watch me. David literally, David literally, he used what was used against him to kill him and cut his head off. But here's the problem. Everybody say but. There's a big but right here. And, and this but is a whole problem. It's a whole issue. This but is not going to fit into the genes. Listen. Because after being anointed king in 1 Samuel 16, after defeating Goliath in 1 Samuel 17, you ready for me? David has sent the time out. Oh, God. 1 Samuel 16, David gets anointed in front of his brothers. And let's just be honest. Here David is. He's a young man. 
and he's the younger of his brothers. He's the eighth son. David is thinking to himself, you know what? <laughs> See, I told you. I, t- I, t- I told you. God got his hand on me. You shouldn't have ran your mouth on me. In 1 Samuel 17, David kills Goliath. And everybody talking about David has taken down his tens of thousands. Now, David then, after all of this victory, after all of this progress, look at me online only someday, he sent to time out. What do you do? This is the message when you're in time out. See, when I'm in time out, that means what I was doing, I got to stop doing. And now I'm, I'm in restriction. Um, listen, I don't know about you. I didn't have time out growing up. I had a different form of discipline. How many of you online wave at me if you had a different form of discipline? I heard about kids in time out, but I never experienced time out myself. I, I heard about kids where they said, John, go to time out. And I'd be like, what is time out? I said, I'm used to something a little different, right? Watch me. He sent to time out. Watch me. And I need you to listen carefully. Pay close attention to this. From 1 Samuel 18 for 16 chapters. Now, hear me, Harvest. This is the part that shouts me. Because each chapter is roughly one year each. Which means for 16 years. After David is anointed to be king, I'm going to shout myself, God sends him the time out until he gets to 2 Samuel chapter 2. I need you to drop a 2 in the comments. Somebody say, I'm coming out of time out. Bishop Foreman, why does this shout you? Because for 16 years, we started our church 16 years ago. And I just got a feeling, while God has been good to us, what he does next is about to blow our minds. Come on, Harvest, just put it in the comments. We coming out of timeout. 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 And he's about to blow our minds. Put a praise in the atmosphere right there. Look at me, look at me, 16 years, he's in timeout. Each chapter is approximately one year each. From 1 Samuel 18 for 16 chapters until 2 Samuel 2. Let me see if you can catch it. Drop Samuel until 22. Come on, I need you to lay your hands on yourself. Say, you coming out. You coming out. You coming out. You coming out. I need you to lay your hands on yourself. Like, you're not even going to recognize you by the end of this year. Lay your hands on yourself, please, online only someday, and say, I'm coming out of timeout. I... Now, listen, life didn't stop during timeout. But after this great anointing, David was anointed. And what's interesting to me, even as we're in this process of expansion, I was ordained into ministry um, in Denver. I was consecrated a bishop, you ready? 16 years ago. You know where? In Atlanta. In Tucker, Georgia, which is right there in the Atlanta metro area. Why is this significant? Because God is so strategic that all things are working together. And things that you don't even know are connected are connected to God because God is into the details of your life. Say he's into the details. Now watch me. What do you do when you're in time out? David didn't do anything wrong. 
He just had to be sent to time out because time out, listen to me, is where he was going to prepare to be king. Now, this message shouts me. So if I, I, I recognize this online only Sunday, but at some point, if I run off the stage, they're going to come back up here and sing. Because this message shouts me. As I was preparing this message, I was shouting. As I was preparing this message, I could barely get it done. Because I was like, if you don't preach to me, God. Well, watch me. Look at me. Let's look at David's timeout. Well, David is in timeout, and this is the same thing you have to do. In 1 Samuel 18 and 2, the Bible says, from that day on, Saul kept David with him and wouldn't let him return home. Pay attention. After David kills Goliath, he says, now you can't go back to your past. Your past is no longer an option. And for some of you, you got to hear me. What it used to be, it ain't going to be no more. Who you used to hang out with, you ain't hanging out with no more. Where you used to go, you ain't going no more. Watch me. For some of you where God has brought you to harvest while you've been in timeout, going back to where you came from, ain't no option. That relationship ain't no option. Come on, open your mouth, please, and say the past is not an option. All right, look at number three. Look at verse three. Then, and Jonathan. Jonathan is the son of King Saul. King Saul is the incumbent king. And it was Saul's son that makes this agreement with David. Which means, watch me, God is going to have people that seem very unlikely to help you. They're going to be your biggest help. Matter of fact, I dare you to lift one of your hands and just prophesy this over your life. Say, help's coming from unexpected places. It, how in the world is the son of the king that doesn't like me going to make an agreement with me? Look at verse 3. And Jonathan made a solemn pact with David because he loved him as he loved himself. Say, time out. So, so in time out, number one, the past isn't an option. So stop looking for the past. Stop reaching out to the past. Stop texting the past. Stop looking up past people on social media. If we were to check your Facebook search history, does it reflect people that are part of your past? Or does it reflect people that are part of your future? Watch me. Here's the second thing that's going to happen. Number one, the past is an option. Number two, you ready? Purpose partners are about to connect to you. See, over that 16 years, there were people that connected to David that were going to be part of his future forever. In 16 years, David met men like Joab that were part of his future forever. David met men like Abishai that were part of his future forever. In time out, God says, I'm going to connect you with some people. And you at the front, Mario. Come on, let's go. But I'm about to connect you with some people that are going to be part of your life forever. Come on, open your mouth say, purpose partners are coming. Because David and Jonathan, they shared purpose. And so Jonathan makes this agreement with him that says, I got your back. It's whatever you need, I got you. See, you have done that for people. Watch me. And here's what the enemy wanted to have happen. Because people wouldn't reciprocate that. You said, I'm going to stop releasing that. I'm so glad you didn't stop releasing. Come on, y'all. I'm so glad that you didn't stop releasing. Why? Because there's a Jonathan coming for you. There's somebody that's going to connect to you that's going to say, I love you just like I love myself. I'll fight for you like I fight for me. I'll take care of you like I take care of me. Please rejoice that purpose partners are about to come in your life. On three, release a praise in the comments. One, two, three, go. Purpose partners. Let's go to the next part. Verse five. Whatever Saul asked David to do. What is David in? Time out. What do you not get during time out? A break. Some of you all, let me tell you something. You're going to need to learn how to rest while you release. You're going to have to learn how to recharge while you're still going. 
with these electric cars now, with these electric cars, I'm so excited because I, I wanted to get used to an electric, so I got a hybrid so I could just get used to it. And, and then I'm excited because I was going, I'm going fully electric. This is the plan. Now, uh, we're going to see how long the plan lasts. Listen, <laughs> watch me because I go and you ain't going to stop me and shut me down. I got to go. Now, listen, <clears throat> what's amazing is they said one of the settings you can put on an electric car is to have regenerative braking, which means as you brake, you charge the battery. I'm still going. I didn't stop. I just rested while I was going. And for some of y'all, you need to learn how while you making it happen, let me recharge while I still release. Let me recharge while I am still going. I pray that even while you making it happen, God would refresh you. I pray that God would refresh you. I pray that God would give you rest even while you release. Even while you're working, I pray God would recharge you. Everybody online say, yes, Lord. Whatever Saul asked David to do, Look at me. See, there's a problem for some of y'all because you only want to be asked to do certain things. And when you're in timeout, you have to do what you're told. Matter of fact, not just timeout, but period. See, I need some of you to stop saying, well, I'm not doing this. If it's shut your mouth, you don't get to dictate who dictates. You don't get to dictate who is directing. Watch me. Whatever Saul asked David to do, David did it. And how did he do it? Successfully. Oh, my God. David didn't say, well, I don't want to do this because mm -mm, David was in timeout. And when you're in timeout, whatever you got to do, you got to do it and you got to do it well. So what happened? Because he did it well. Let's go here. He didn't do it with attitude. He didn't do it with a all that. He didn't roll his neck. He didn't get an attitude. He wasn't. Don't nobody want to hear you breathing hard. Don't nobody want to hear your little stinking attitude. You need to learn how to be a kid again. You need to stop thinking something's above you. Maybe that's why you're never above anything because you think everything is too far beneath you. Whatever Saul asked David to do, David did it successfully. Come on, speak this over your life. Say, and I will be successful. And I will be successful. Come on, say, at whatever I do, at whatever I do. Come on, online only say, at whatever I do, I will be successful. So watch what happens. So Saul made him a commander over the men of war. Stop! Because some of y'all would look at that and say, come on, promotion coming. And that's true. It was a promotion. But wait a minute. I was promised the throne. What I'm looking at is not what I was promised. And you think I should be shouting over the promotion, but what I was promoted to is not what I was promised. Sometimes God doesn't give you what you were promised to see how you'll handle what you got. And if you can't handle it well, then the promise ain't coming. I need everybody online to put a praise in the atmosphere. You ready? For the promotion and for the blessing you got that wasn't the full promise, but it was on the way. I need you to thank God for the progress. Woo! Come on, put that in the comments. Progress, progress, progress. I, this is not the full promise. I was promised the throne. This here is a commander of an army. But David, if you're going to be a king, you need to know how armies work. David, you know how sheep work, but you need to know how militaries work. David, you beat Goliath as a shepherd, but now you need to learn how to be a man of war. See, what you don't understand is when you're in timeout, you're being prepared. Watch me. Everything is preparation for what you're about to be over. What if God held, had you handling somebody else's money? And you were like, well, this ain't mine. God says, but if you handle theirs right, 
What if God had you around wealth to show you how you act when you're around people that got it so that when it happens for you, you're not acting brand new. So Saul made him a commander, listen to me, over the men of war. So watch this next principle when you're in timeout. Prevail in whatever you're asked to do. Even if you think it's beneath you, even if you think, well, I'm not doing that. Shut up! God, some of y'all run your mouth so much and don't be saying nothing. Allow me to be aggressive with you today. Shut up and get it done. Stop complaining and get it done. But I don't really know. Shut your mouth. What if what you're asked to do, look at me, David, when's the last time you were commander of an army? You haven't been. Which means, which means, which means in time out, you're going to be asked to do what you've never done and be expected to succeed at it. I'm here to tell some of y'all, God says, I don't want to hear what you don't know how to do. I expect you to succeed in what I told you to do. I just need you to do that hand wave emoji online. If you know you're going to succeed and prevail and whatever you've been asked to do, if you ask me to clean them bathrooms, they're going to be the cleanest, most shiny, sparkling bathroom you ever seen in your life. If you ask me to deal with people that are difficult to deal with, I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it with a smile. Why? I will prevail in whatever I've been asked to to do. Y'all still with me? Verse 8. Look at this. They credit David. This is Saul speaking now. With ten thousands and me with only thousands. Watch what Saul says. Next, they'll be making him their king. So when David defeats Goliath, all of a sudden the people come back and they singing a song. Come on, everybody clap your hands. They singing a song. They singing a song. Singing a song. And they're like, David has killed his thousands. Or Tens of thousands, and Saul has killed his thousands. David has killed his tens of thousands, and Saul has killed his thousands. And David has killed his tens of thousands, and Saul has killed his thousands. David has killed his tens of thousands, and Saul has killed his thousands. David has killed his tens of thousands, and Saul has killed his thousands. David has killed his tens of thousands, Saul has killed his thousands. David has killed his tens of thousands, Saul has killed his thousands. Saul has killed his thousands, Saul has Saul has killed his thousands. It's online only. Sunday has an 11:15 spirit. Look at me. Next, they're going to be making him king. When you're in timeout, don't be pumped up by people. What do you mean, Bishop? If you live for their applause, you will die from their silence. They were singing a song, but David wouldn't believe in the hype. David said, "Watch me." Some of you have to be careful. Especially in ministry because people will start applauding for you and you'll start thinking, watch me, that you're something higher than what you are. And the same people that applaud you will then come and try to tear you down, which is why you need to say thank you, but to God be the glory. So you always point up to honor, which means if you got a leader, you point to your leader. If you are the leader, you point to God. You always point up, but you don't get pumped up by people. I've seen people pump, pump, pump me up and then the next day try to pull, pull, pull me down. But thanks be to God that I never got pumped up by people. I got pumped up by obeying God. Ready? Saul got pumped up by people, which is why he cared about the song. David said, I don't care nothing about this song. David, I'm a musician. I'm a psalmist. David said, I'll write my own song. (laughs) David said, I'll make my own song. I'm not studying your song. I'm not studying what you have to say. Please look at me. For some of you, you have become so addicted to the applause and the attention of people. That the moment they're silent, you think something's wrong. Which means you have to learn that what you do, you have to do it for the glory of God. David was like, y'all ain't pumping me up. 
Because the same people that were singing them songs a few years later, you remember in 1 Samuel chapter 30? Let's go. What happened in 1 Samuel chapter 30? That the same people that were pumping him up in 1 Samuel 30, they said, stone him. Twelve chapters later, you ninjas talking about stoning me. And twelve chapters earlier, you were singing a song to me. Y'all still with me? Let's go. Verse 9. From that day on, look at me, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. When you're in timeout, when you're in timeout, let's make it a nice timeout. When you're in timeout, ready? You need to prepare for jealousy. And what's crazy is people, you ready? Here's your shout. People are jealous of you in timeout. I ain't even out yet. If you're jealous of me in timeout, what you gonna do when I'm out? I need you to prophesy over the remainder of this year saying I'm coming out and I'm coming out strong and I'm coming out blessed and I'm coming out favored. I'm prepared for haters. I'm prepared for jealousy. I'm prepared for this. If, if you got a problem with me, see some folks got an issue with you and you catching the bus. They got an issue with you and you borrowing from folk. They got an issue with you and you just talking about what you're going to do. You ain't done nothing yet. I need you to realize that's proof you're a David. Mm. What does that mean? Your jealousy is simply proof that Jesus is about to come through strong for me. Somebody say, I'm prepared for it. Verse 11. Let's watch what Saul began to do when he was jealous. Listen to me. What do you do when you're in time out? And he suddenly hurled it at David, intending to pin him to the wall. Now I could shout through here. Because Saul, Saul literally tries to pin David to the wall. He literally tries to pin accusations on him. He literally tries to pin gossip and drama on him. He literally tries to pin something on him. See, what I love about you is no matter what they try to pin on you, read the rest of the verse. But David escaped him. Read your Bible twice. Which means I don't care how hard you try to come for me. Baby, you got the right plan, but the wrong man. Why? I will escape every single time. I need you to make sure you around an escape artist. Why? You tried to catch me, but watch me escape. You tried to block me, but watch me escape. David escaped him twice. Every time you see two, that's the biblical number of witness, which means you're about to witness something. Y'all still with me? Listen. Practice faithfulness in unfavorable conditions. Oh, my. You know what David did after Saul did that? He got right back on his post. I'm going to say it again. Because some of y'all, you need to repent today and get back on your post. You ready? Because you had some unfavorable conditions. And now ain't nobody seen you. Ain't nobody seen you online. Ain't nobody seen you in chat. You ain't gave. You ain't served. You ain't doing nothing you're supposed to do because your conditions are unfavorable. How in the world do you expect to win? If you can't even handle time out. How do you expect to triumph and you can't handle time out? David, the Bible says, after he escaped Saul twice, he got right back on his post the next day. 
He's like, I hope he don't try to pin me today. But if he does, I escaped him twice. I'll get out of it. What is it about us that wants everything to be right for us to do right? Sometimes, watch me, you're going to have to practice faithfulness even in unfavorable conditions. Look at me, verse 13. David faithfully. Where did he learn that from? Unfavorable conditions. See, you're never going to learn to be faithful until you have to be faithful, watch me, when it's unfavorable. It's not faithfulness if everything's favorable. If I give you a million dollars, if I give you a million dollars to hold this camera, you ain't practicing faithfulness. You're getting a check. That ain't faithfulness. That's called being a good business person. You did the math. If I hold this camera two times a Sunday, that's two million dollars. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. Use me. <laughs> My storage is empty. I know it is because your account is full. Listen. But what happens, you ready, when the conditions are unfavorable? What happens when there is zero recognition? What happens when there is zero clapping, there is zero applause? What happens, watch me, when the conditions are unfavorable? What happens when everything in your life is trying to pull your faithfulness? That's when you have to be faithful. So what happens in verse 13? The Bible says that David faithfully led his troops in the battle. Where did he learn that? In time out. You learn to be faithful in time out. Come on, type it in the comments. Thank God for time out. Look at me. Almost done. Verse 14. This is my shout. Actually, this next, this, like, this next sequence is for me. Look, look at me online. If you don't shout, I promise you I'm good. Because this whole next sequence is for me. Look at me. Bible says, David continued. Say your name. Continued to succeed in everything. That he did. Why? The Lord was with him. Come on, lift your hands and say, I'll succeed in everything I do because the Lord is with me. Come on, this is a good place to go up and say, the Lord is with me. I'll succeed in everything that I do. Come on, you all online. I need you to just take five seconds and put a succeed in everything praise in the atmosphere. Five, four. Three, put it in the comments. Do it in your house. Do it on your job. Wherever you are at, say, and the Lord is with me. Plan to win no matter what you're in. Uh-oh. David was like, put me out to fight. If I had time to teach it, often Saul would send David to battle with hopes he would die. You got to look at me. You got to look at me. Come on online. You got to look at me. Often, Saul was like, it's time for you to get one of my daughters because the promise to the man that beat Goliath is you get one of my daughters. So David, so Saul was like, come on, David, it's time for you to get one of my daughters. Go fight this battle. Then one time he was like, you're going to need to bring back several hundred uh, 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 Philistine foreskins. You understand? Not only do you need to kill them, you need to then go cut them. David came back and was like, here you go. Because you thought you gave me an impossible task. But what you don't realize is I serve the God that does the impossible. Many of the battles he was sent to fight, Saul sent him to fight them because he hoped he'd die. I feel bad for the people that hope you would die. I feel bad for the people that hope it was over for you. 
I feel bad for the people that said she ain't going to make it. Ooh, but she making it. I feel bad for the men that said he ain't never going to be able to do it. You're doing it. I need every survivor on three to just go up in your house, at your office, in your car, on this online only someday. One, two, three, go. I'm a survivor. I'm a survivor. I'm a survivor. I'm a survivor. Shouldn't have made it, but I did. It was an impossible task, but I won. I was dealt a bad hand, but I played it well. Anyhow, come on, if you're around somebody, fist bump two or three people if you're around somebody and just tell them you are a survivor. You are, you are, you are. And you are, and you are, and you are. You are a survivor. You're not going to give up. You're going to make it. Ready? So if the past isn't an option and purpose partners connect, you prevail in what you're asked to do. You're not pumped up by people. You prepare for jealousy. You practice faithfulness in unfavorable conditions. You plan to win no matter what you're in. Pay attention because this is where we're at. Somebody said, this is where we're at. Second Samuel 2 and 4. And they anointed him. King over the people of Judah. Samuel anointed him in 1 Samuel 16. This is the second one. When they anointed him king over Judah. Now, pay attention. The nation at this time um, is in an interesting predicament because Judah and Israel, um, they, are treated, they, are, they are treated as separate. So Israel is the northern kingdom. Judah is the southern kingdom, all right? Pay attention. Pay attention to what David gets first after time out. Part of the promise. God never gives you the whole thing at one time. God says, I'm going to give you part of it to make sure your lessons you learned in time out, that you know exactly what to do. Watch me. And David if you don't rejoice for part, I'm not giving you whole. I know I've had you to rejoice a lot, but I need you to rejoice a lot because your life is about to be a celebration. I need you to thank God, watch me, for the part that he gave you. He only gave you part of the business. He only gave you part of the happiness. He only gave you part of the prayer. He only gave you part of what you asked for. Come on, come on everybody. Say thank God for the part I got. But wait, there's more. Because in 2 Samuel 5 and 3, and they anointed him. King of Israel. This is the third time he's anointed. Let me see if I can help some of you all. Because if I keep speaking and I don't see it, keep going until you get what you said. Because it wasn't until the third time David was anointed that they anointed him. Look at the screen. King over all of Israel. Pay close attention. Verse 4. David was 30 years old when he began to reign. And he reigned 40 years in all. Listen to me. Verse 5. And he reigned over Judah from Hebron from seven years and six months. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Let's see. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Let's see. 
um, from age 30 until 37, he only has part of his promise. All right, okay, you catch it. Seven is the biblical number of completion. So when I bring you out of time out, David, I'm still completing you. And I need you to be okay because you're a kid again. I need you to be okay that the project ain't complete yet. I need you to be okay that you don't have all the pieces to your puzzle complete yet. I need you to be okay that everything that you think should be done is not done yet. I need you to be okay because I'm completing you. Watch me. And uh, from Jerusalem, he reigned over Israel and Judah for 33 years. Look at me. He gets part of it at 30. He gets all of it at 37. Okay. He gets part of it at 30. He gets all of it at 37. He gets part of it the first half of the decade. He gets the other part of it the second half of the decade. Let me see if I can say it another way, because the Bible's specific. It says, it says uh, seven years and six months. Mm -hmm. That means the first part of the year had to be over. Okay. Okay, some of y'all go catch it. He got all of it in the second half. I, I need you to rejoice that between now and the end of this year, you had part of it. Somebody say, I'm about to get all of it. Come on, just type that in the comments in all caps. Say, I'm getting all of it. I'm getting all of it. I'm getting all of it. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. We got to go, we got to go. We got to go. We got to go. He got the kingdom because of how he handled timeout. What are you doing in your timeout? You mad and you cussing and acting a fool? And I understand. <laughs> I understand. Are, are you frustrated because it's not the way you want it to be? And so you're saying, but I guess it ain't never going to happen. What did you drop in timeout that you decided was going to stay there because it was never going to happen for you? God anoints him in 1 Samuel 16 and doesn't tell him that it's going to take you 16 years before you ever get all of this. God anoints him in front of his brothers, and I'm sure he's feeling real good. And for 16 years, his brothers are probably thinking, I told you what David said wasn't going to happen. God's about to shut the mouths of every person that ever said it wasn't going to happen for you. It wasn't going to manifest for you. Come on, everybody. Say, it's about to happen for me because I handle time outright. Every parent, for those of you parents, we're done, that you use this method called timeout. If they handle it right, you want to release them early. When they sitting in there, talk, when can I come out? Stay there. Until you stop seeing what you're in as a sentence, you're going to have to stay there. See, it was not that long ago where I viewed part of my assignment in Denver as a sentence. And Lord says, son, stop viewing this as a sentence. This is a setup because I am showing you that if you can do great things here, you can do great things anywhere. I'm showing you how to succeed where other men dealt your same hand have not succeeded. And watch me. And he says, and you cannot get out until you handle time outright. 
And I don't get it twisted. I'm excited about Denver and Atlanta and Miami and Los Angeles and Chicago and Philadelphia. Because Atlanta's just the next. It's not the end. God's called us to do amazing things. But hear me, church. Hear me and hear me loud and clear. You have to stay there until you handle it right. The more you keep saying, God, let me out. He's like, stay there. Because you're not even maximizing it. For 16 years, approximately, David, sit there. Stay there. Plan to succeed in whatever you're in. Take a bad hand and play it well. Well, they jealous of me, and I ain't even doing what I'm really supposed to do. If they're jealous of you now, they ain't going to be able to handle you when you're out. Handle time out right. Wherever you are, lift your hands and pray this prayer. Say, Father. Show me how to handle time out right. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Come on, keep your hands up. Look, look at me. Look at me. Look at me. With your hands up, you surrender. There's two words in the Hebrew for hands up. One is yada, one is toda. One means to release, one means to receive. And I need you to hear me clearly. God says, I need you to release what you've been holding on to. Release your frustration. Release your anger. You're in time out. Make the most of it. And notice, David, you're not in timeout because you did anything wrong. You're in timeout because I need to prepare you for what I'm about to give you. Stay there. And when you handle it right, I'll let you out. Speak this and say this. Because I've handled timeout right. Not perfectly, but right. He's letting me out today. I don't know who needs to hear me, but I need you to know you ain't going to go home the same way. I need you to know you're not going to return to the week the same way. You're not going to look at your job the same way. You're not going to look at your marriage the same way. You're not going to look at your business the same way. You're not going to look at your life the same way. Open your mouth and say, he's letting me out early for good behavior. If you're watching me right now, you need to become a Christian. Recommit yourself to the Lord to be sure. For some of you, you got yourself on a timeout because you're not saved. And literally, when you keep yourself on a timeout, there's a stop sign that's in front of you. And for some of you, you got to hear me. God needs you to put the stop sign behind you. And it starts with something called salvation. You need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord, or be sure wherever you're at, on the count of three, you're going to do the hand wave emoji or simply say, it's me. That's all you're going to do. I got digital ambassadors on every platform that are watching and waiting for your response. This is your moment. Bring yourself out of that timeout. You ready? On three. Do the hand wave emoji says to me. One, no guilt, no condemnation, no shame. One, two, three. If that's you, wherever you're at, do that hand wave emoji or say it's me. Hallelujah. We're shouting and celebrating for you. Everybody pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I confess with my mouth. I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. Give me the grace to be a faithful Christian from this day forward. I know what to do in time out, but I believe that I'm out. Come on, y'all say it. I believe that I'm out. Every lesson I've needed to learn, I believe I've learned it. In Jesus' name, amen. For some of you, watch me. There are certain areas of your life that are coming out 
there's certain areas where it may feel like you're still in timeout. I just gave you your roadmap of what to do. For some of you, there may be certain areas where you're like, I'm good. There's certain areas of your life, you over here, you in the jungle gym, you playing, everything is good, you twistering. <laughs> and there are other areas of your life where you over there in timeout. Listen to me, I just gave you the roadmap of what to do. Don't complain. I gave you your roadmap. Listen, some of you, you're already saved and you need a shepherd. And if that's you, I'd love for you to be a part of the Harvest Church family. The Bible says that God gives you shepherds after his own heart. And if I'm the shepherd that God's connected you with, it's not about a building, it's not about a congregation, it's about the man of God God's called you to. And if I'm that voice for you, connect with our Harvest family. You can be in Denver, you can be in Atlanta, you can be anywhere and everywhere. Just text join Harvest as one word to 877 552-4746 or scan that QR code. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time to become a Christian, I need you to simply take out your phone and text that word decision to 877-552-4746 or scan the QR code that's on the screen for you right there. When you do that, we're going to shoot you a text right away to show you how to be a faithful Christian. Listen, I want everybody, if you came in late, you logged on late, you weren't able to give to get that ready. Secondly, if you're like, Bishop, I, I, uh, uh, I, uh, I want to sow into this word. I want to challenge everybody today to sow. You literally, <laughs> this thing is so good to be. You're literally, David got the whole kingdom when he was what? 37. I want you to sow a 37. Some of you may want to do 370. Some you may want to do 3,700. You're loaded. Just make it a cool 37,000. I want everybody to sow that seed. I'm sowing it. I never asked you to sow, but I do not sow myself. Now, last Sunday, I, I sent my text to give, and I didn't get my receipt. It's because I text my mama. And she texts me back and said, is that what I'm supposed to sow, sir? <laughs> you got to watch out for them texts. Listen. I want everybody to sow this $37 seed with me. Everybody. Say, Bishop, I don't have 37. If you got 35, 42, sow that. Get as close as you can to it. You ready? And this is called your I'm out seed. I'm out seed. Come on, y'all. David got the whole promise of 37, and he was fully released from timeout, which is deep, y'all ready? Because at 30, he was king of Judah, but he wasn't king of all Israel. The promise you'd be king of all Israel, which means even though part of him came out at that point, another part of him was still in timeout for another seven years, six months. And David kept being faithful. Lift your giving to the Lord. Everybody, make this declaration. Say, I'm blessed to be a blessing. I believe the word of the Lord. Thank you, Father, for loving me. Thank you, Father, for blessing me. I sow today in belief of your word. I'm out of timeout. In Jesus' name, amen. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to 877-552-4746 and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life.
Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.